What's going on with everybody? This your man Dre, aka Dre on Wheels, the host of the 11:30 podcast, Talk Pro Wrestling. Yo, you guys, man, sit tight, grab your popcorn, go get a hot pocket, man, get some cereal, grab your beverage, man, whether that's some milk, uh, a beer, a soda, or some water, man. Sit tight, man. This is the 11:30 podcast, Talk Pro Wrestling, where I interview some of your favorite ring announcers, uh, reference. Um, independent pro wrestlers, you name it, man, you name it, you guys. You tune in, and I'm about to chat some wrestling, man. So sit tight, you guys, and welcome to the 11:30 podcast. Talk pro wrestling. And yo, ring the bell. It's about to get real nasty. Gentlemen. Yo, what it do, everybody? It's your man Dre, a.k.a. Dre on Wheels. This is episode 47 of the 1130 Podcast Talk Pro Wrestling. What's goody? How everybody doing out there, man? Appreciate you guys joining me back here for another episode, you dig? Good morning, good night, good afternoon to all my listeners, all my subscribers who are watching on YouTube, all across the world, man, for real. Glad you guys joined me back here for Talk Pro Wrestling this week on this Friday, you guys, man. Shout out to all my listeners in the UK, Germany, Canada, man, and in the States, man, for real. It's going to be dope, man. I just mentioned Canada. I got a dope, dope guest you guys lined up this week from Quebec, Canada. Yes, you guys. His name is Squirty LaFleur, you guys. He's from Quebec, Canada. <laughs> He's a music composer, you guys. He's a music producer who makes dope, dope music, man. Not only that, you guys, lately he's been getting into some wrestling theme songs, you guys. We all are familiar with Jim Johnston. Well, he looks up to Jim Johnston as we all did as a kid. Well, this week on the 1130 Podcast Talk Pro Wrestling, I got Squirty LaFleur that's going to stop by here and chat some wrestling, man, and chat, you know, how he's doing and, you know, making wrestling theme songs, man. That's going to be fun, man, here for the 1130 Podcast Talk Pro Wrestling. But before we get into that, you guys, I want to shout out my guest who was on last week, Sir Wilkins, man. Shout out to the whole Jabba Tears Podcast and the whole Jabba Tears Network. Appreciate you, my guy, for joining me here on the 1130 Podcast Talk Pro Wrestling. But you guys, man, hey, we about to get into the show. Spreading the flow all the way from Canada, man. And for that, shout out to Canada, man. But uh, yeah, what's going on, Spreading the Flow? Hey, how you doing, man? Nice to nice to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. Thank you for joining me, man. How's your, how's your day going? Oh, not bad. I was just uh, working my day job for a little while there, and uh, now I'm uh, I'm doing uh, my my uh, music producer time now. So, uh, yeah. <clears throat> okay, cool, man. That sounds fun, man. That sounds really really fun. Um, this episode is going to be cool. Um, usually, I have like independent wrestlers or ring announcers or just guys who are just big wrestling fans. Um, I really haven't know, I had someone sort of like a, a music producer who made wrestling theme songs. And um, whoever, you know, of course, what listened to this podcast, of course, is wrestling. A big fan of the theme song, the wrestling, you know, of course, that's like the, you know, what, what defines the character or the guy or the girl when they comes out to the ring. So this is going to be really, really cool. But before we get into all of the good stuff, um, story in the flow uh, for my listeners and viewers who are watching. Um, you might introduce them and tell them everybody something about you. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> so I've been uh, involved in music altogether for 20 years now. Uh, I started playing music when I was 16. Uh, I started playing uh, music uh, with guitar, actually. That was my first instrument. Then moved on to drums and bass. So anything that's, uh, you know, band related. Uh, when I grew up, I was listening to a lot of hard rock and metal and uh, like punk music, uh, that kind of stuff. That's how I learned how to play music. And uh, after that, I went to film school where I, uh, I found like, you know, different, different sensibilities in music, but a lot of it applied for like uh, composing and all that stuff. And then after that, I, I, I just realized like I want to continue into the audio slash music um, medium. So I basically went from there and uh, I went to a sound engineering school in Montreal uh, in my early 20s. And that was the start of really like me taking the audio and music side of things uh, seriously. 
Uh, and then in my 20s, I used to tour with bands. I worked with video game composers. I worked for post-production studios for television. Uh, I used to edit music for children's TV shows. Uh, so yeah, in my 20s, I worked in the industry in Montreal. <clears throat> um, after that, uh, I, uh, I kind of had a falling out with music. I, I, music's a hard thing, right? So it's like I, uh, I actually quit music twice uh, in my life. And that second time that I was done with Montreal, that's the second time I quit music because it wasn't really working out. And now I moved back home. Then a couple of years passed, I got like normal jobs. And then three years ago, uh, I decided to restart the whole music thing. I guess it, 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 it kept calling me. It, w- it wouldn't leave me alone. Uh, so I had to, uh, I had to jump into it. And that's when I started the Story Flow music producer thing three years ago. Uh, at first I was producing a lot of rap, uh, hip hop, R&B, pop, uh, I was working with artists and that was so, so as well. And then, uh, six months ago, six, seven months ago, actually, I started the, uh, the, the wrestling entrance themes and that's been the thing that stuck with me so far. So it's mm-hmm. like, it took me 20 years to get to a point where I can actually uh, get some moderate amount of success in the music that I'm making. So I, I think I found my, my little niche. So that's why I'm sticking with this uh, entrance theme thing for now. And it was actually my childhood dream. Like when I was a kid, I've, I've been watching wrestling since I'm five years old. And uh, Jim Johnston was a huge uh, part of me growing up with the music thing. Uh, I think Jim Johnston is the best who ever did. Jim, Jim Johnston is the one that invented the genre of entrance themes exactly. in general. So he's, he's the one that, uh, that started it. And uh, yeah, like in the Attitude Era, like late 90s, early 2000s, like I feel like some of the best themes ever were made in that time. And uh, yeah, he was just like a huge part of, my, of me growing up. And uh, now I'm like, uh, it's, it's come full circle for me and now I'm involved in it. And I try to bring back some of that essence that I feel is kind of like not so much there nowadays as much, not for all the themes, but a lot of themes like they're, I feel like they're, they're lacking in those like specific specificities for, sorry. <laughs> uh specifics for characters like um you know like the mood of the characters the the, the general like enhancement of the, the personality of the characters that's what the music is there for mm-hmm. and i feel like if you can like hear a song and have it be interchangeable within your mind that like oh that song could fit with somebody else and like that's no good right so for that that's what i'm trying to like really bring back is that jim johnston sort of like hyper specific type of music that you can only you hear it and right away you know that it's you know it, it's that it's that person that character you know um there's not enough stone colds nowadays <laughs> like the stone cold theme with the glass yeah. breaking like yeah it's the ultimate theme song and like we need yeah. to bring back like that kind of like specific vibe you know <clears throat> yeah man you yeah. are so you you are solely right man uh, yeah. who, uh throughout the attitude era, um who and jim johnston man of course he just Every every track in them days, man, was yeah. every theme song was just fire. Um, you remember <laughs> at that time, at least in the Attitude Era, what was, what was your favorite theme song? Uh, well, like I said, the Stone Cold one is like you know, it's it's it's, it's pretty much every every everybody's favorite theme song. <laughs> yeah, the, the glass breaks. And, yeah, the, you know. the the glass the glass break is is truly a genius thing. I think it's the most genius thing that's ever been in any theme. That and the Undertaker's Gong, yeah, like those, it's like those, those, those two, two or three seconds in the beginning of the song are the most important yes. part of the theme, yes, because you want to like grab their attention right away. Mm-hmm. And Jim Johnson like realized that early on, and like the glass break was like a sort of like a social conditioning thing where it's like you hear it and then you jump out of your seat. It was like, mm-hmm. a, yeah, it was like, a, yeah, so there's that, and I'm, I'm really a fan of like, let's say like the, the, the least, the lesser talked about ones, like. Uh, the Brood had a really cool theme in yeah. the Attitude Era. Everybody uh, really loved The Brood. I was thinking, of, I, I was like going through different, I was going through a playlist on Spotify actually of like Attitude Era themes. Mm-hmm. And the, the Goldust one is really underrated. The Goldust theme, remember that one? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, the, the, anyways. Anybody who's listening, go check out the Goldust theme. It was it used to be like it used to be one of my favorite things, but I, I didn't even really know back then. But looking back on it now, it's like it's truly a genius theme. Um, but yeah, like uh, the, those are the the, like the the Rock had a cool one too. Yeah. Um, uh, DX DX was awesome. It's like it's all those like first few seconds that matter. 
you know exactly when like triple h had his like i called it the electric pigeon theme remember mm-hmm. that one like when he was with yeah. china he uh-huh. had like that first theme mm-hmm. and then he got the motorhead theme with like the big guitar strum yeah. at, the, at the beginning and but both both themes were awesome because they both had like that first impression thing going you know so, exactly That's, yeah <clears throat> that, that that was one thing about jim johnson he did like that first two seconds you knew immediately yeah what superstar what you know if if a person you know who was the casual viewer who maybe came to a show or who yeah. was just watching but if your favorite superstar just came out that first two seconds you yeah. immediately know who it was in the rock that was for me like that if you and man, that that was it man that was really it uh you said you um you were in and out of music and you got back into it like what, what kind of like hey, you going back and forth uh the fact that it's extremely it's a it's a extremely difficult business <clears throat> and uh it's it, it's it's a, it's a lot of different things uh discouragement uh frustration uh when you but the the, the truth is is that <clears throat> i i've only started working really really hard at it to the point where for the past three years, let's say, where it's like, I, I started understanding like, oh, he says you didn't put in the time and the effort enough to make it back in the day. So when you're younger, you think like, oh, I'm just going to put some stuff out. Then like, I'm going to blow up. Like that's, you know, that's how people see it because we see like these celebrities and these, these stars kind of like come out of the, come out of the woodwork and blow up overnight. And they're like, well, where did he come? Where did he come from? And like, how did that happen? And we all, we all think it's like this easy sort of like lottery process, which is the furthest thing from the truth. And When I was younger, I just like had, I didn't have the work ethic to pull it off. And then as I grew older, uh, that's, that's, it's, it's like that the understanding and the frustrations and the disappointments kind of went away and realized like, oh no, it was all on me. So it was like a, a question of accountability also. So there was like a different, uh, different things there, different, uh, variants but for the most part it's like the reasons why I would get out of it is because I was I, w- I would burn out because I would yeah it's like after a while like you make music even after even after 20 years of making music uh, there's still a lot of insecurities mm. uh, there's still a lot of like uh, doubts I can make a theme song and in my mind be like yeah this is pretty good but when I send it to the client like by the time I send it to them receiving it, and them listening to it that whole time is super anxiety field like even if I know the song is great and I send it in I still have like tons of doubts so there's that also that weighs on you over time it's just like it's a bunch of like a mixture of like a lot of negative things and it's just like when you're artistic you just have like these demons that uh, roll around in your mind you know so after a while I, I like those two times that I quit it was like all right demons go away I need a break <laughs> <laughs> hey man, look, hey, yeah. you 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 produce some awesome work, and yeah. um, you share it with me. I dig it. Um, yeah. How do you handle the feedback? You know, because I, I I see you on your social media. You know, yeah. you make um, a lot of theme songs for you know a lot yeah. of independent wrestlers. You know, how how's that going? It's it's going great. Uh, the wrestlers have been really cool so far. I'm I think I'm 15 or 16 theme songs in uh in, in six months so it's 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 uh, it's getting a lot more prevalent uh in the past few uh, weeks past few months it's 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 starting to get there and uh the feedback that i've gotten is so far like i'm i'm uh i'm, I'm 15 for 15 like no uh no uh <laughs> no no bad no bad ones yet okay uh, everybody everybody's been really supportive um there's you know i've gotten some very nice compliments from people uh and it's it's getting my name out there a lot uh, i think if the quality wasn't as uh, as there as it is uh, my, my name wouldn't be spreading as quickly as uh, as it is probably um but yeah after 20 years i hope that i'm getting good at this stuff <laughs> hey that's what's up you're making you're making progress man Keep going. yeah 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 uh you've been a music you've been a music producer for a long time You know, what, what was it that really got you to, like, go towards wrestling besides, you know, your love for it as a young, you know? Um, when I was younger, for sure, I was obsessed with wrestling growing up. Like, mm-hmm. my first, like, until, like, I was, like, 20 years old. I fell out of wrestling uh, in, around the Ruthless Aggression era. I didn't really follow that in my 20s. I, I kind of, like, stopped watching wrestling for a good, I'd say a good decade, almost. I got into it in my, I got back into it in my late 20s. And um, it was an opportunity for me to make music that I wouldn't be able to uh, make a potential career out of in any other context, really, because it's, it's some of it is heavier music. It's rock based. It's metal. 
uh, a lot of that stuff. And it, it's not like a construction of a song that's like a mainstream radio song. It's really specific to one thing. And it kind of lends itself to composing in a way because you're composing for a specific theme, composing for a specific vibe. So um, I, I see like the entrance theme thing is like the, the wrestler is kind of its own movie mm-hmm. and you're scoring, you're scoring the main theme song for that movie of what that character represents, right? So the I, I had like film composer in the back of my mind all the time. I had video game composer when I was a kid. And my, my, the thing that made me pay attention to music for the first time was Final Fantasy VII the soundtrack of that game. Uh, Nobuo Uematsu, the composer of the Final Fantasy games, was like, I, music is really cool. And I noticed that when I was like, it was seven or eight years old. I got like my first taste of like, oh, music means something to me. And yeah, so ever since then, like to me, like entrance themes, music composing, video game composing, all that stuff, is very similar because you're composing for a specific purpose to enhance uh, another, another person that's trying to do an artistic thing let's say so yeah it's it's a very unique and special thing and i tell people that and they're like i don't know what you're talking about because nobody does this <laughs> but yeah it's like a, it's, it's a very specific niche thing and that's why i think i'm getting some success in it because so little people are doing it in in the, in the business itself yeah <clears throat> that's really it's cool like, yeah that's that's really cool um before i ask um before i move on yeah do anyone tell you that you look similar to kevin or oh uh <laughs> If you're calling me fat, I don't know how it. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, it makes sense because he's a Quebecer too. Like we're we're literally like he grew up, I think, two hours away from me. So he he just has like that Quebecer look, I guess. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, the 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 thing is, like, yeah, like I love Kevin Owens by the way. Like he's like uh, he's 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 one of my favorites for sure. And it's all obviously because I'm biased towards the Quebecer thing, but he is like really amazing. Like he's probably like. He's one of the better promos in like the last decade in wrestling. <laughs> like for me, him and MJF are like the top, the top two promos there for for, for sure. Uh, I like uh, you know I like a good heel usually, yeah. Uh, but yeah no I, I've gotten that before. I actually, <laughs> if you would say on my on my Facebook, I have a picture of me dressed up as Kevin Owens for Halloween. Okay. So I can I can send you that picture if you want. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. I just thought I said it. Yeah, I know he's from also he's from uh, Canada also, and I was just yeah. like, man, well, man, looks you know. Like he grew Canada. he grew up two hours away from here, so it's like we we're probably drinking the same water. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, you said uh, you, of course you uh, came back into wrestling in uh, your late twenties. What got you back into it? Um, if I'm going to be completely honest, when I was in, uh, when I was get- getting out of Montreal, I was burnt out. And then I moved back home here. Montreal two hours away from here. Uh, it's like only the, pretty much one of the, the, the only big cities from around the suburbs that I'm at. Uh, and, uh, my realization was that I was, I was actually, uh, trying too hard to be cool when I was in Montreal. And it, it was like, I was trying to be something that I wasn't necessarily if that's the, the case and then I had given up everything that I liked as a teenager in my 20s when I was in Montreal and I was trying to be like a serious composer serious producer blah 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 and uh, when I moved back here I realized like uh, like uh, leaving everything that you like behind is really not a good idea <laughs> so um, I learned that the hard way and I moved back here and then I just started organically going back to the things that I started loving as a kid like comedy music uh, video games like I had stopped all of that stuff in my early 20s and I just naturally organically gravitated back towards the things that I that used to do it for me just because um, it was like a sort of like reassessing who I was and going back inside me like no like you like those things like try to not you know so I went it, it was it, that that's really what it was it was like an existential thing <laughs> okay it's like it's probably it's probably a little more intense and deeper than you were anticipating as a question as an answer but yeah there was like a definitely a thing where it's like all right I gotta I just naturally I actually the 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 year that I came back into wrestling um was I think it was like Wrestlemania the the John Cena versus The Rock the first one the second time the second one Wrestlemania 29 
Yeah, WrestleMania 21. That that was the one I got back. And like, it wasn't, I remember, it wasn't a very good WrestleMania. And I was like, I don't know if I want to get back into it. <laughs> but then, yeah. the, but then the next year, 30 happened with Daniel Bryan. I was like, okay, well, it's pretty great there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Um, of course, yeah, that WrestleMania wasn't all that great at all. No. The next night overall, though, was, man, it was off the chain, though. It was really off the chain. Uh, you mentioned uh, you, you're into comedy. You're a comedian yeah. also. Uh, can you tell me about that? Uh, yeah, that's my little dark secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, comedy comedy has always been around. Comedy and music, to me, are very similar. Uh, you know, not to get too pretentious about it, but, like, there's a lot of parallels, like, in comedy, music, and most, like, most musicians love comedians, and most comedians love musicians, and I think they're like very, very closely related. Uh, you know, com- comedy is about timing, phrasing, uh, how you how you choose to say things, how you enunciate uh, the, the words you choose. It's very artistic, like music. It's and, and all the same words that apply to comedy apply to music, like the technical terms. So um, when I was a kid, I was like, uh, you know, I, I was really into. There was like a, this Canadian show called Kids in the Hall. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Uh, that's that was the one that, that got started me in, in in comedy, and then I went on to like uh, you know I was uh, you know uh, earliest met like the, the Chappelle show when I was a teenager was a huge part of like my uh, my just developing my comedy thing, and then it just stuck with me. And I I, I did stand up for a while. I did about forty stand up shows uh, in my twenties. I, I tried that out for a while. Stand up wasn't really my thing. I did a lot of sketch sketch comedy videos with friends ever since I was a teenager. Uh, then I went to film school and then that carried on like part-time. I was still doing comedy stuff. Um, I was doing, uh, recently I was doing in the past year or two, I was doing a lot of TikTok because I, I, I heard that TikTok is very important for like uh, organic growth and networking and all that stuff. Uh, so I was, I, I was doing a lot of videos for TikTok, trying to go an, an, an audience on there, but then I got banned. So I kind of stopped because <laughs> my, my comedy is a little more intense. Uh, it's like, uh, like a little fringier kind of comedy that I like. Uh, like I like, um, you know, like, I don't know if you're aware, like Bill Hicks, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, uh, Mitch Hedberg, uh, Richard Pryor. Like, I like, like, you know, I like real guys that do, you know, like, like the darker side of things. Uh, yeah. So yeah. like, uh, it, it's still like, I, I like to use comedy to, as a promotional tool instead of like, as, as a music producer, it's hard to promote your stuff because you have to promote it through whatever you're creating. But I'm trying to find ways to like incorporate comedy into my promotion of things because I mean, you know, uh, different approach, different aesthetic, you know, it, it attracts different kinds of people. So, yeah. That's really cool, man. That's really, really cool. Hey, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna move on here, you guys. On our talk pro wrestling, we got a question for you. Because um, you reached out to me, man, and uh, I've been podcasting for about a, a month. Um, going on uh, a year in three months um, and the feedback is wonderful and I love doing it and just meeting people you know like I said in the beginning of the podcast all, all my listeners all across the world and just meeting different people all across the world and you're from Quebec Canada I've never been to Canada I would love to go to Canada though but yeah. um, what made you want to be a guest on the podcast uh well actually uh like i said earlier i was kind of nervous at because uh, you're my first you're my very first uh, interview slash podcast experience and i know that post- podcasting is very huge uh, nowadays and uh it, 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 you know it's mostly to expand my network uh okay. pretty much uh, i'm actually i'm active i'm actively contacting a bunch of people to see if i can get on uh, as a guest in their podcast but it's all always like uh, i'm sticking to the wrestling theme of things and you had a wrestling slash sports uh sort of like a hodgepodge podcast going on so i figured uh, why not uh, give it a shot and actually i i i, I um i contacted you because i thought you were uh, you were involved in like the wrestling business so i contacted you as a producer first but then you're like hey i like your stuff why don't you come on the podcast so yeah it was actually like you you threw it at me so it was, i was pretty grateful for that and uh yeah that's pretty much it oh hey man that's cool man yeah. uh, but no i'm not in the wrestling business hopefully one day, you know, one day, I, I try, I try. Man. I'm trying to get there, too. I'm trying to get there, too. Yeah, <laughs> we keep working at it, yeah. man. We're going to get there, man. We're really yeah. going to get there. Um, like I mentioned, you're from Canada, though. And, yeah. of course, you grew up um, watching wrestling. Um, how was the Montreal screw job? <laughs> because it seems like um, 
I, I wasn't. Michael, I was. I wasn't there, by the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, but me just asking more so your opinions more so on it though. Everyone has something to say, a story to tell. We make it easy to share yours. So let's talk. Regardless of your podcast setup, hit record. And from there, whether your podcast reaches 10 people or 10 million, we can help you get heard wherever listeners are. And who knows, maybe even quit your day job. But no matter who hears you, it's about connecting and sharing something from your perspective. It's about having a voice and using it without anything standing in your way. Say it all with Anchor. Um, uh, well, I mean, the, the, the first thing, was it a work? I don't believe it was a work. Uh, no, I, I can't. I can't. Even if even if a Scott Hall says that, I don't. I don't care. I don't care if he was there. I don't. <laughs> no, like, um, yeah, it was a. Uh, well, I'm trying to think how that was in '97. So I was 12 years old at the time. It was. It happened two hours away from me. Um, Survivor Series '97, right? Yeah. Okay. So I was a. Um, I don't remember if I watched it on pay-per-view live because we, um, when I was a kid, we had a black box in my home. Remember black boxes? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry to Vince McMahon if you're listening. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like uh, yeah, we had a black box, and I start, we start. I think I started watching the pay-per-views not long after that one, so I don't remember seeing the screw jump happen live. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a work? No, I don't think it is. Um, was it heartbreaking because it was a it was a, a Bret Hart Canadian type of thing? I guess so. Because I, I think I was too young. I don't remember exactly the feelings about it, but I, I don't know. It might be a controversial thing that I'm about to say. I don't know. But as you grow older and then you learn how like you know backstage stuff works and you know how how the wrestling world works in general. Well, like as much as you can learn from being an outsider, you know, like I don't pretend to be in the know and like knowing what's going on, but, and this is going to sound cold, but if you see it from Vince McMahon's perspective, uh, Bret Hart was told like, you need to do a job and he refused. And he had in his, in, in his mind that he was sort of like this hero is like, I can't go down on my shield in, in, in Canada. Like you can't do that. Although any wrestler will tell you if you need, if you're on your way out, you go out on your back. That's just like wrestling etiquette, right? Mm-hmm. So as, as you, as I grew, as you grow older and then you find out more about like, you know, that situation, of course, everybody that's like, like the, the, the ref, Earl Hebner, Shawn Michaels, apparently Triple H was like the, the orchestrator behind it, all that stuff. And, um, it was Vince McMahon protecting his, his, his business. Like that's what it was because he had a worker that just got in over his head and being like, mm, we want you to do a specific thing, but you're refusing. Therefore we don't know what to do. So we have no choice. Like I get it from a business point of view at the same time. It sucks because he was a loyal worker, Bret Hart, Canadian guy, all that yeah. stuff. So when you were younger, maybe more emotional, didn't understand much about what was going on. But as you grow up and you look at it, you're like, I kind of get it. He was protecting his assets. He didn't want the champ to show up on Nitro with the belt. Like, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he was like put in a corner, but at the same time, like, I don't know, they could have figured somebody else out. But at the same time, it started the Mr. McMahon character as the heel. Like, that was the start. So he made how many millions from that situation? You know, yeah. it's like they, they all got promo from that situation, even if it was a work or not. Like, bad stuff happened but at the same time it was the catalyst for like the most incredible time in wrestling history so yeah. was it really a bad thing <laughs> i don't know you know <laughs> no I, I mean looking back at it though i mean i don't really think it was a bad thing of course yeah. i know you you weren't there um just asking you know your opinions uh, on it because yeah. i came into wrestling two years later after that and of course you know growing up and just you know going back and watching old school wrestling clips and everything and yeah. also seeing um, the dark side of the ring on it and you know everything of course that, was a, that, that dark side of the ring series is amazing yes it's it's, it's really amazing yes yeah and, and, and just you know like this man of course was protecting his business and yeah. you know Bret Hart didn't want to you know go out you know he didn't he didn't want to lose in his hometown to Shawn Michaels who he didn't have respect you could for. say he was being Bret Hart was being a mark <laughs> yeah, he was, you know, I mean, we've we, we seen the stuff Shawn Michaels did back in the days and, you yeah. know, he didn't like him and stuff, but, you know, hey, 
is but at the same time like Shawn michaels Shawn michaels was my favorite wrestler growing up but he was like, clearly like he was a huge piece of shit <laughs> so, mm. so it's like... <laughs> basically most of the question is how do you yeah. feel about Shawn michaels i guess <laughs> uh i love Shawn michaels he's probably one of the best wrestlers ever like watching him in the ring is like watching like you know how bruce lee talks about be water like Shawn michaels is the personification of a wrestler being water in the ring like he was a true artist like Shawn michaels is like it's like his like whole being was made for wrestling like if, and um nowadays Shawn michaels he's he's not i can't say that he fell from grace because he's not like out of control or on drugs or like he, he seems like he seems just fine um i know that when I was a kid, Shawn Michaels, I couldn't miss a single thing that Shawn Michaels did. Like, he was my my guy. Like, I loved him. But then in, in uh, what was it, 90, 97, 98, uh, the, the, Wrestle, the 97, the WrestleMania with uh, Stone Cold. Yeah, 14 with, with yeah. Tyson. Yeah. Like, with Tyson. Um, that was the last match I saw of him because he was, he was supposed to be pretty much retired with back surgery and he was gone, right? So yeah. then, like, at that moment, it kind of, like, something flipped with me. I'm like, oh, my God, like, well, Shawn Michaels is gone. I can't believe it. But then early 2000, he came back, I think, and then had a run. And then I didn't catch any of that run. And then that's where when I realized, like, oh, I don't think I care about Shawn Michaels anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, di I didn't catch any of that. I know he did some good stuff with uh, Taker, WrestleMania, and all that stuff. Like, he did some really classic stuff there. Uh, I saw... So. I saw I saw some of his classic stuff uh, after, mm -hmm. like on his second run there, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I didn't follow it. Like I wasn't obsessed with it. Also, I grew older and I was you know, I had different interests. But yeah, he wasn't the guy. He wasn't like the mythical figure that I had grown up with. And uh, but yeah, and like definitely, like you know, Sean Sean and Brett at the time were the two best wrestlers mm -hmm. in the world, and they were having some of the best matches, uh, like that the Iron Man match at WrestleMania and all that stuff. Like that's that's a classic. So, yeah, I have a lot of respect for Shawn Michaels as a wrestler, for sure. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool. So, in actuality, so your last match to see Shawn Michaels was actually the one with uh, him and Stone Cold and Tyson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. That's, yeah. That's kind of Because I thought, I, thought, I thought it was over. I thought it was done. Like, hmm. that, was, that was the story. It's like, oh, I know, he, Shawn Michaels needs back surgery. He's pretty much done. And that was like the, the end of Shawn Michaels was the start of Stone Cold. So he kind of passed the torch on that there, and I thought he was done. But um, yeah, that WrestleMania 14 match, I still I still remember that one. That was a, okay. that was a cool that was a cool time. <laughs> Did you have, have you ever went back to check out the match when he returned to take on Triple H at SummerSlam and No, no. Oh, was that the one with the, he was wearing jeans? Yes. Yes. No. I, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did see that one. I did see that, and I thought he was doing some pretty cool stuff for a guy that was supposed to be done. Hey, that's cool. That's cool, man. Um, what's your thoughts on the wrestling business? You know, as today, I know you don't really, you know, keep yeah. up with it, but uh, what's your thoughts on it as you know, as a whole today? I uh, I try to I try to keep up with it uh, as much as I can. Uh, it's it's hard nowadays with like you know just life gets in the way there, and uh, the the more clients I get, the more when I start working on a piece or on a, on a song, like I get consumed with it and nothing else exists for the time that I'm making it. So I just like, it's not that I don't actively want to watch it as I literally just pass by it and I'm working on stuff and I don't even think about it. Um, nowadays, like AW obviously is great. It's a great addition. Now people have uh, wrestlers have leverage again, like mm -hmm. uh, that they, that they haven't had probably since, you know, the attitude era of WCW uh they you know if, if somebody was like i want my release well now they have somebody else to go to and somebody who's you know keeping up in the ratings with wwe so yeah it's 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 good for that uh it's good for the business competition's always good i don't know if wwe is treating them as competition though because they don't seem like they care about them all that much sort of <laughs> <laughs> i know they i know they i know that they changed the uh, nxt day nxt is not going to be going head to head with aw that was um yeah because they i don't think they're like they wwe wants to go to war with anybody nowadays i just think they want as many eyeballs as they can and i think they figure with nxt well if we just move dates we'll get more eyeballs and also they realize like they probably can't beat AEW. like the main AEW show is i'm not saying nxt is bad in any way like some some guys in nxt are great like adam cole and all, all the like all that stuff like i love uh like finn balor is down there now i think and uh finn balor who's like the <laughs> What 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 a shame! 
of uh, what they did to Finn Balor in the, on the main roster. I feel like Finn Balor had one of the best themes of nowadays, one of the best looks of nowadays, not the best talker. That's probably what was holding him back. But, you know, they had they had a goal mine in Finn Balor, but then uh, they, they kind of dropped them when he had like that, when he won the Universal title and then he dropped it yeah, a couple of months. I think that was his downfall. Like Vince probably saw him differently after that. But yeah, um, I, I don't keep up with WWE as much. I, I try to keep up with AEW. AEW is a little more interesting for me. Uh, like I saw the last pay-per-view uh, with the, the barbed wire match. That was a shit show. Like I saw that. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was hilarious. I was. <laughs> I, I watched it alone. I was laughing a lot at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I could. Well, I mean, good on them for trying that because it hadn't been done on national TV ever. Like I don't know. Like maybe since ECW. Um, but yeah, like the ending, they kind of scrapped that. But anyways, like um, all in all, I feel like what's missing from wrestling is improvisation. And that's the one thing that's like is holding uh, wrestling back is that uh, 20 years ago and like 20 years ago and beyond uh, before, uh, before all this uh, wrestlers were, you know, they would just go on and do their own promos. They would give the, give them talking points and Larry, you got to get to this point. And then they would figure out as artists how to get there. And it's like over time that would develop their skills and like talking and character development and all the like, story arcs and, like they were, they, it was their responsibility to make sure that those things happened in a compelling way. And I feel like once you've taken that out of the equation for wrestlers, that kills a lot of what wrestling is about. And that's why wrestling nowadays is generally less compelling than it used to be. At least that's my point of view. Um, and also, I don't know, I'm, I'm older, growing older. So maybe I'm like a slightly more like I have a more analytical point of view towards it. Like everything that I do and Everything that I watch is like I'm analyzing. So uh, when you're younger, you can just enjoy it. And uh, I feel the dirt sheets also is another thing that ruined wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Like like the whole like uh, taking the mystique and the fun and the mystery out of wrestling. Uh, when we were younger, that didn't exist. And uh, we were better off being on the outside looking in because that's when wrestlers really thrive. Like when wrestlers could really make you believe with their own skills and their own personalities that they are indeed the person and the character that's talking to you right now. And like, you didn't have to doubt them there. They weren't, they weren't acting. They were really that person. Um, I don't know. Maybe we need to bring back cocaine in wrestling. I think that's, that's, what, that's what needs to happen. Hey, hey, it's, so, hey, it's, it's so funny because my brother-in-law, man, just hitting me up in, um, before the podcast. And I was like, man, I'm about to get ready, man, and do um, my wrestling podcast. And he was like, man, I don't know what made him, you know, think of it or whatever. I can call him after this. But uh, he was like, man, you should try to get uh, Ernie Ladd on your podcast and get uh, New Jack. And I said, New Jack? Yeah. I said, oh, man, New Jack would be awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the dark side of the ring with New Jack and how New Jack yeah. was in, you know, uh, sniffing cocaine and just doing, you know, just yeah. wild <laughs> stuff. Like, New Jack would be hilarious. And, you know, back in the days, that's what they did. And I yeah. think, you know, with the dirt sheets, man, um, you just got, you know, the, you know, certain wrestling fans or if you want to call them wrestling fans or whatever, they just want to be so behind the curtain so much and you know it's just they want to they, it makes them feel like they're part of it yeah and that's yeah they, and that's, yeah, that's they, what that's what people want they want to feel like they're part of something and if if they if they complain about something mm -hmm. all the time and they're being negative it's because like they're being in their mind they're being critical and analytical therefore they understand everything so well and they're part of it therefore they can criticize it and i never got into that like it's just like you know, uh, fundamentally, wrestling has become an enter. It's it's fundamentally nowadays, both mostly because of Vince McMahon. It's it's entertainment for children first, right? It's like that's what it's there for. And and us, like our generation, as we grow older, of course, we're gonna less be less in tune with what's going on in wrestling because the demographic so which AEW is bringing back that eighteen to thirty five kind of edgier demographic. But if you're looking at WWE, WWE is for kids. Like that's what it's there for. And it's like, they're very open about that. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if you look at a character like The Fiend, The Fiend is not gonna scare a 35 year old man. It's gonna scare like a seven year old boy. You know, it's like, that's what it's there for. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, anyways, like, I, I don't want to sound like the old guy of like, eh, it's not what it used to be, you know? It's like, because that's so cliche. I, but it is not what it used to be. <laughs> you're right, man. I, I get what you're saying, man. I, I really do, man. It, it seems like it's it's a cycle. Now, I don't know um, when it the cycle becomes where, you know, AEW starts to push you know, a little bit more, which I think WWE got their eyes on AEW, and I think both do because vice versa. Yeah. You know, I mean, AEW got a new show now. It's on Monday nights for those who don't want to watch Raw. That's three hours too long, and it's yeah. just you know, it's just a, a whole lot of stuff. And I, I do like the uh, TV fourteen rating with AEW, and yeah. you know, um, once they start saying, once they AEW start saying shit on their TV, now you got WWE want to copy and do this. So you yeah. know, they both pay attention to one another is best to have another company um such as aew um on that level to you know for other guys to go to the thrive you mentioned where people get released and draw they release um sitting back in catering his career kind of like put down the hole after zelina left and you know the comments and everything like that but you know i mean you know it's crazy you know i i do remember when guys would go out there and just be really authentic um I don't know if you watch Young Rock, uh, the Rock show. That I haven't, out. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I heard it's pretty good. Yeah, now it is, it is, it is really good. I love his mom and I love his dad on the show. Really good. But the fact, you know, he don't really, you know, his father is, you know, more so in, in, in the wrestling. They kind of like more so talking about um, him being in sports and just, yeah. you know, blase blase or whatever. But you know, he did. You know, the Rock will always, you know, say and talk about how authentic it was, especially in the days where Stone Cold and the Rock. And, yeah, that's like the Undertaker and Kane. You know, we'll go out there, man, and just shoot straight from the hip. You know, and it's not a piece yeah. of sheet or piece of paper. To that's that's it it's because those guys they they grew up in the old system where they had no choice but to get good at those things to get over, right? So, and, and nowadays it's a completely different uh, thing. It's not it's not necessarily the the promos that will get you over. It's like it's really like the the acrobatics and like the athletic prowess. And like the crazier things you do, the craziest spots you do, um, and I think that well, Stone Cold used to say it all the time, and like you, you could apply that to being a, a comedian or an actor or anything. Really, it's like you just run your mouth. Run your mouth is what's gonna get you money. It's like the more you run your mouth, the more they're gonna connect with you and identify and like be able to know like, oh, okay, his character is that. There's guys in wrestling that's like you don't know what their characters are. You know, it's like I think that's like the downfall to a lot of guys. Like, uh, say, like a, a guy. I hate to pick on him because everybody everybody picks on him. Cesaro, Cesaro is like an amazing freak athlete. Mm-hmm. But uh, w- what is Cesaro? <laughs> I don't know what exactly. Cesaro is. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, so to, for, if I follow him on social media, Cesaro is a guy that loves coffee. Wow, it's like what? That's not a that's not a character for wrestling. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's like they don't have those personalities. And and back then, and not all not all the wrestlers are like this. Obviously, like and I think social media is another thing that killed it too. You know, I mean, like I mean, we 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 weren't able to follow The Rock or or Stone Cold or you know those type of guys back in them days. So I mean, they 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 in in a sense, it seems like WWE wants to know. I mean, well, yeah, kind of like want us to know that hey. These guys are actually real persons, and they have other lives, and then yeah, those which sucks. Like, which know, which so. sucks. I, yeah. I hate. I hate that. <laughs> it's yeah. like I, wrestling. Actually, I was having a conversation with somebody. Actually, my, I was having a conversation with my hairdresser earlier, um, and she was a wrestling fan when she was younger, and we were talking about specifically that, like how back in the day, wrestling was like when you were a wrestler, you were basically an outlaw. You were mm-hmm. like basically a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like be, being a wrestler is like was like uh, you know d- doing blow and going to strip clubs like like that was being a wrestler before and I don't want to I don't want to um, I don't want to glorify that obviously because it's not a healthy way to live for for mental health and all sorts of reasons but there was there was like they were really like all all the wrestlers back then were like straight out of the wild west it's like you would not want to mess with any of those guys. And nowadays, when I, when I, you know, it's like, I'm 6'2", 280. I'm bigger than most wrestlers and I'm a composer, you know? So it's like, there's yeah. like this, there's like this thing where it's like, um, there's believability and that believability used to come from mystery. 
because you didn't know what was going on. You didn't know what was what. You didn't know like if somebody was going to throw a chair at you while you were at a show. Like you didn't, you didn't know what was going to happen. There was like there was such it's the chaos. The, there's missing the chaos in wrestling. Like and those guys live used to live in the chaos, and then they brought that chaos to the ring. And that's what made it compelling. And that's what made it different than like TV shows or movies. Uh, is that's like, it was like a real life, it was like real life mayhem and you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And the last, the last people that have done that properly were ECW. Like they, like that style in the mainstream died with ECW when ECW died <laughs> because they were the, the closest thing to having a, a mainstream chaos on a national show. And I think like AEW is a little too polished to be in like they can, they can do barbed wire matches and all that stuff but you know they 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 kept the they kept the ropes on for the barbed wire match cuz it's safe you know it's like uh, it's not just replace the ropes with barbed wire it put the barbed wire on the ropes that's that's like a, a metaphor for like that sort of safety side of wrestling nowadays and i understand like you don't want these people to, to die in the ring like you know it's i get it there, there's two sides to the coins but i miss the days where mystery was number one and you would go to shows and you wouldn't, you literally like would not even know if you're safe. It's like, that's how, that's how it felt when I was a kid, when I went to wrestling shows. And I'm talking about like, you know, seeing wrestlers like, like Abdullah the butcher with his fork. And like, you, you, you know, you've seen Abdullah the butcher back in the day, I'm assuming where he would just go around. And as soon as Abdullah the butcher came out, the whole arena would go into like a semi riot. It's just because of his presence. And it's like, you don't, because people thought that he was a a real murderer. (laughs) So it's like, you don't, you don't have that anymore in wrestling. And it's probably some good, some bad, because it's, it's entertainment for younger people too. A lot of kids like it, but I liked Abdullah the Butcher types when I was growing up at shows. And I I've had Abdullah the Butcher right next to me at a live show with a four, like stabbing somebody in the forehead with a four blood gushing everywhere. And it was, it was heaven. (laughs) So, so it was like, uh, I remember that vividly and it's the kind of stuff that you can't experience in wrestling anymore because it's just too crazy. But yeah, it's, it's that vibe of like the wrestlers being outlaws being like, you, you can feel like they're going town to town, like robbing you from your money and like, you know, leaving a trail of violence along the way. It's like, that's how you, you used to see wrestlers. But anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Like with the concussions and all that stuff that, you know, they slow down and they don't, uh, uh, good on AEW for bringing blood back, though. Like blading, uh, that's yeah. been missing. Blading is blading is cool because it doesn't leave a permanent mark, and it's just like it flows for a while, and you know, great. Uh, so that's 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 you know that that's fine. WWE should have blading too. Like you know, UFC has blood naturally. Nobody complains, so why not wrestling? Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but um, yeah, I understand. I, I really yeah. do. That that was one thing that I did miss about the um, wrestling. Um, because uh, the blood did go away, especially yeah. when uh, um, you didn't have any other competition besides maybe, yeah. I guess, Impact. But, you know, AEW brought that back, and that's that's kind of cool. I mean, these guys yeah. going in there 30, 40 minutes, you know, busting their ass, kicking ass, and you telling me not neither one of them bled? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't that, make sense. That, yeah, you know, and that's you know, how you, that, that furthers yeah. the story, you know. like that's how, that's how you would blow off an angle before. It's like you've been you've been fighting and hating this person for months, and now you're going to go in the ring and have a, a technical grappling match with them. <laughs> what the hell is that? Exactly. <laughs> no, it's like you want to you know blow off the angle. It usually meant like everybody's going to bleed, and uh, I think WWE screwed it up. I think the last match that blood was in was like that JBL Eddie Guerrero match. Remember that one? Yes, I do. Where it was just like blood everywhere. It was like the yeah. most blood I think I've ever seen in a wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that one, but that was like that was compelling because like you felt it in your gut, like you felt the violence in that match, and it was like it made you feel sick. Just walk. I have like a thing for blood where it makes me faint, but anyway. So it's like when I see uh, blood in wrestling matches, like it really gets you. Like it's like a guttural feeling. It, it comes to get you from the, the like the bottom of your soul, and it's like oh my god, this feels real. This feels dangerous. And uh, like I felt that uh, the the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match there, uh, I saw that one because I, I saw the blood. And I'm like, all right, that, that's the one I gotta watch there. And uh, yeah, I feel like I'll, I don't know why. Like a, a lot of people complained about that match. So I thought it was great, and uh, especially for the end. Of the, if 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 women can have those kinds of matches and doing better, like that match was better than the barbed wire match by far. Yes, it was. 
yeah, yeah. So, it's like if, if, so if the women can get more hardcore than the men and show them up like put the women in the main event if that's like you know leave them there because <laughs> that match was way better than anything i've seen lately of uh <clears throat> what do you what do you think about john moxley in general well i mean that's a good question um like everybody said you know of course he he gives off that stone cold bath yeah he doesn't um, I, I, I like him. You know, he's John Moxley. Now, since he dropped the title, he's just, huh. um, he's with uh, his buddy. Can't think of his name at the moment right now. But uh, yeah, oh, uh, Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Kingston. Yeah, yeah he's, he's with him. But um, I actually like him. You know, he was like yeah. last year's number one wrestler or whatnot. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, he, he, he's cool. I just think you know he could do more, and he could, he could, and I still, I still point back to you know that uh, that interview he had with Stone Cold there. Yeah, uh, oh man, yeah, that really where, made where, that. Yeah, where Stone yeah. Cold just like fucking tore him a new ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong, and it's like John Moxley didn't know how to. Well, Ambrose back then he didn't know how to react to him. Like you could tell he was really like put off and awkward. I was like, oh. Stone Cold's one of my idols telling me, like, what are you doing, son? Like, you need to do better. Like, show me more, you know? And I totally 100% agree because people compare him to Stone Cold. It's like, no, like, people that do that, like, you did not you did not go through the Attitude Era when Stone Cold was in his prime because that was, like, a different entity. Like, Stone Cold was, like, a demigod back then. Like, in pop culture in general, John Moxley did not permeate into pop culture at all. Like, he's not Stone Cold. Like, he's not at that level. Um... But even when he was Dean Ambrose, this is like Dean Ambrose, John Moxley back in the day, like he was in, you know, CZW death matches, like all that kind of stuff. And I get that. But then they, they try to recreate like the, the lunatic. It's like this, like it's the it's the forced lunatic character. I think that's not like quite right for him. And I think that because he's such in a sanitized world of like the nowadays pro wrestling, that a character like that probably he would have went nuts 20 years ago like if he was like put in those like attitude era he like it put him in ecw and he probably would have done a lot more i think he's just like he's a guy that's out of his time like he's not in the right time period in wrestling that's why he can't bloom 100 percent. because i think that that guy's like he's he's he's, he's probably like out of his mind for real like he he would have been like one of those like real like outlaw type wrestlers back in the 80s like a jake roberts kind of guy like i would have seen him be like that but nowadays because of the 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 kind of system that he's in like even in AEW, he's good but you can never look at john moxley and go like hey like what's your favorite john moxley match because there isn't one that sticks out per se i don't know maybe i'm wrong but yeah to me it's like uh, when i saw like the brit baker and the thunder rosas doing the hardcore thing and they did it a hundred times better than john moxley ever did and he's supposed to be the deathmatch guy expert that's when i question like is he for real this guy like i i don't know so i don't know but uh time will tell but even when he was in the shield i was like i feel like he's the least believable of all three i always had like a thing where it's like i don't believe this guy and I don't know, I, I never understood why people put so much emphasis on him. Not that I want him to go away or like, but he's, you know, he, he's not like, I would put a Kevin Owens in his position as Kevin Owens being more unhinged naturally than John Moxley, who's trying to pretend to be unhinged. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. Like Kevin Owens to me comes off as more believable than John Moxley. <clears throat> that makes sense. That makes yeah. make a lot of, a lot of sense, man. Yeah. Hey, yo, man. Hey, this has been fun, man. Scroll yeah. info, man. I appreciate you joining me here on the 1130 Podcast Talk Pro Wrestling. Um, before you go, you got any future projects? Um, I'm still working on still working on themes, trying to get new clients. Um, eventually, might start my own podcast too. Uh, if that happens, I'll have you on. Hey, man. Uh, I'm all down. I'm all down. <laughs> uh yeah just like uh, looking for clients uh keeping that up and uh yeah hoping for the best trying to make these contacts trying to get uh you know my my name out there and uh, see what happens hey man keep doing your thing keep doing your thing yeah. i love it man and insight. Yeah. i can't wait to have you back here on the podcast man it's yeah it's obviously fun man chatting with you and your knowledge about wrestling man because you know you get certain people who are the marks and you get certain people who just know no stuff about the business and uh you got a great great man of wrestling that uh i like to talk more with uh, yeah. about wrestling with man um but uh before you go any shout outs any th- any questions for me anything like to say 
questions, no. Um, I'm gonna shout out. I'm gonna shout out one guy because he's the one that gave me my first chance of making a theme. It's a uh, big trouble, Ben Bishop, and I think he's uh, he's gonna be one of the one of the big things in the wrestling in the coming. He's a uh, he's a uh, six foot twelve, almost seven feet. This guy's huge, okay. and I'm gonna give him a shout out because he was the first one uh, that, when I was contacting people that just took a chance on me and got the ball rolling. So I'm gonna shout out uh, Ben Bishop. On, the, on that one and also my family for their support <laughs> oh, right, man. shout them out shout them yeah. out man yeah. hey uh it's crazy times we living in right now but uh stay safe man um once again thank you for joining me this week on the eleven thirty podcast and yo man keep doing your thing thanks a lot man thanks for having me no problem no problem no problem Yo, man, Scurdy LaFlo, man. Dope time chatting with you, man. This was a fun episode. This was a very, very fun, you know, episode chatting with you, man, just about wrestling, man. Uh, man, can't wait to have you back here on the podcast. Keep doing your thing as a composer, as a music guy, man. Just making um, wrestling theme songs, man, because, you know, uh, Jim Johnston, man, was the guy. You know, them first two seconds, man, you knew who the hell that wrestler was, man. man. We need some more people, you know, out there to, you know, create theme songs. We know AEW got generic ones, so maybe you could be the new, you know, composer for AEW with some dope theme songs. Who knows, man, what the future holds, man. For real, you're getting into it. Keep doing your thing, man. I love it, man, because, yeah, we need some new theme songs in wrestling that really, you know, catch us. But, uh, yo, it's been an awesome time chatting with your squirrely love flow, man. Uh, stay safe and have a great day, you guys. Now, before I get on out of here, man, man, what a show. This was awesome. Yo, we had Fast Lane this past Sunday, you guys. Man, I'm going to get my thoughts on that real quick before I go, you guys. Fast Lane this past Sunday, we seen Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair take on the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Um, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax was a cool matchup to start off the show. Um, in my opinion, they kept hinting and saying that the only time we've seen a tag team champions um, go into WrestleMania and face one another was Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, and John Cena and Shawn Michaels. That I felt as though that they were going to pull this off with Bianca Belair and Sasha, uh, Sasha Banks. But I'm glad they didn't, though. And also, um, you know, them teaming up and everything like I think the slap that Sasha Banks laid on Bianca Belair was everything that it needed to be and should have happened when um, Sasha Banks said, yo, I mean, that's Sasha, but when Bianca said, yo, man, I want to fight you at WrestleMania, and I think Sasha should have stopped her on bucks. Like, I'm the boss. I'm the blueprint. Like, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, like, you can't touch me. You should have go over and face Oscar or something like that. But no, we got to fake like we like one another. We got to fake like we going to team up and win the tag team titles. No, uh-uh, it ain't happen. But uh, I'm loving it, man. Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, full-fledged to WrestleMania. Um, what else we seen? We seen Apollo Crews take on um, Big E. I'm loving this whole story. I'm loving the whole new Apollo, man. It is great, man. He's actually coming out and saying who he really is. And um, putting the hurting on Big E, man. Um, they This match went on like it did a pretty book. EQ or what, whatnot, but um, they're going to have the match most likely at WrestleMania. More matches are probably most likely to be scheduled or announced. Um, I think that's the same. <laughs> uh, announced tonight on SmackDown. So, man, it's going to be crazy, man. So, Apollo versus Big E, that's going to be great, man. I'm loving that. I'm, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm loving that. Um, what else we seen on uh, Fastlane? We seen Drew McIntyre and Seamus tear the house down. But you know what, though? Just like my guy, Scarlett LaFleur, was saying, man, the blood expect the WWE, of course, takes out of it. And, of course, they're trying to be on the safe side, and now they PG, and it's more for kids. And But I felt as though that this match between Drew McIntyre and Seamus, man, would have beaten me the blood. Like, the, the, the shit they were going through, what, two weeks ago on Raw? And they just had a hell of a match. Then they, they brawl. And then we get a fast lane. And neither one of them bleed. But, of course, they got scars on their back. Like, I mean, hey, that, that, hey, hey, I ain't the one that's going to complain. But I'm just saying that would have furthered the storyline more. But, obviously, I guess they didn't want to further that even more. I guess that was just a brawl to so go ahead and end that. 
And hey, Drew McIntyre is on the road to WrestleMania to take on Bobby Lashley. You know, I mean, in my eyes, I really don't see this being a huge matchup. I am proud of Bobby Lashley, though, to become the WWE champion. I just think Bobby Lashley should have a bigger opponent. They're going to save Sheamus and Drew to WrestleMania. But hey, I guess they wanted Drew in the main spotlight at, um, at a WrestleMania, man. So, uh, hey, it's cool. It, 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 it's cool. Um, another thing, man, we've seen on the fast lane. Um, Matt Riddle took on uh, Mustafa Ali. That was in the kickoff show, but it seems like no more retribution. I guess we can get a round of applause for that one right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, fast lane was cool, man. We on the road to WrestleMania. Um, not only, man, uh, did we see those awesome matches, we seen Alexa Bliss take on Randy Orton with the reemergence of The Fiend. And just like my man Scrody LaFleur said, man, he's not scaring no 30-year-old man, though. You know, but, I mean, when I first saw The Fiend come up from out the ring this past Sunday, I'm like, okay, well, that's Kane and the Undertaker. That, that gotta be Kane and the Undertaker's son. That gotta be Kane. That's all I can think of in my mind. Like, that gotta be him. <laughs> but, man, like, now he's burnt, he's crisp, like, I, I I don't know, man, but of course they're going to take on each other at WrestleMania, The Fiend versus Randy Orton, just the mind games is, man, it's something else. <clears throat> it's something else, man, so I'm, I'm, I'm more interested, and of course the main event, you guys, the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns defeated Daniel Bryan, so it's going to be Edge and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Man, WrestleMania is, is, is going down. We had a couple of matches that announced for WrestleMania this past Monday on Monday Night Raw, such as Bad Bunny will take on The Miz. Well, The Miz, is he was a transitional champion, winning the WWE champion, and now he's facing Bad Bunny. So in Miz's eyes, hey, man, is a, I'm still winning. You know, I'm taking on one of the top music guys in the world at WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, so... Hey, shout out to the Miz though, man. Shout out to the Miz. Speaking of shout outs, man, and WrestleMania, yo, this past Wednesday, man, I mean, this past Wednesday, right before the 1130 podcast main, main show uh, streamed on EB Radio and on YouTube, WWE's The Bump, you guys, man, was awesome, you guys. Special guest they had Kane and also The Undertaker. Yes, Kane was uh, up there with The Undertaker and Kane was announced that he will be a next inductee into the 2021 WWE class of, you know, 2021 Hall of Fame. And uh, The Undertaker gave him the news, man. So it's going to be awesome. We got Kane and also the breaking news this past, this week. Uh, the great Kali, you guys, will be joining uh, Molly Holly and she will and will be joining um Eric Bischoff, you guys, of the Hall of Fame. You guys, so it's going to be dope. Um, the Hall of Fame will be celebrated um, in, what, two weeks, you guys? Less than two weeks. Um, so it's going to be dope, man. It's going to be dope. It's going to be right before TakeOver, Stand and Deliver on that Tuesday. And uh, from everybody who was going to be inducted last year because of the coronavirus, that did not happen. Um, they're going to be also inducted this year. So it's going to be kind of like a Super Hall of Fame. Uh, Batista has made note that he cannot be involved in this year's Hall of Fame because of previous um, obligations. So, hey, man, Dave, we'll see you in the future. Yes, man, we'll see you in the future. But hey, you guys, man, this this been a fun-ass episode, man. We, we got WrestleMania we locked down. We got WrestleMania locked down. AJ Styles teaming up with Omos to take on the New Day. Really, though? WWE ain't got no damn tag teams. They're going AJ and Omos, though. This is what AJ doing at Mania. He go from fighting the Boneyard match to most likely he's there going to win the tag team championships. So it's kind of Omos' debut. And, you know, so, hey, we see how it goes, man. We see how it goes. They're going to be live two nights uh, this year. WrestleMania. Raymond James Stadium, hey, they're damn near sold out. So I know a lot of people got them tickets, man. Go get them. Enjoy yourself. Stay fun and have fun, man. Stay safe. Have fun. Do all that good stuff. <laughs> Do all that good stuff. Spreading the flow, man. I appreciate you joining me this week on the 1130 Podcast. Talk Pro Wrestling, man. Dope show, man. Dope, dope show. Yo, you, got, yo, you guys, man, before I get on out of here, I'm so excited. I just... 
This episode was fun. I'm so excited. Before I get on out of here, don't forget to follow the 1130 podcast, you guys, on all social media platforms. Follow me on Twitter, at Dre on Wheels. Follow me on Instagram, at the 1130 podcast. Like the 1130 podcast on Facebook. Subscribe. Yes, yeah, subscribe to the 1130 podcast YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss an episode. Yes, yeah, so you don't miss an episode, man. And you won't miss the episode of the 1130 podcast, main podcast, each and every Wednesday streaming on YouTube at 1130 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and also streaming on EB Radio. Download the free EB Radio app, man, if you love music. And also, man, the 1130 Podcast Talk Pro Wrestling. Yeah, you know how we get down each and every Friday. Hit that follow button if you listen to me on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review. I appreciate it so, so much. Try to get the 1130 Podcast up, up, and out there even more, man. And if you would like to be a guest here on the podcast, email me. That's the1130podcast at gmail.com. The1130podcast at gmail.com. Or just email me or DM me on social media. You know how we get down? Let's work, man. Man, it's been an awesome show, man. Talk pro wrestling. Forward. Hope everybody, man, enjoy SmackDown tonight. You know, if you're listening to me after Friday, I hope everybody enjoyed SmackDown. We're on the road to WrestleMania, you guys, man. Yo, let's keep the ball rolling, man. I'm excited. Until next week, you guys. Yo, it's your man, Dre, a.k.a. Dre on wheels. And I'm out.